Welcome to the Zico Health Show, the ultimate weight management podcast. I'm your host, fitness nutrition expert, Narado Zico Powell. Let's get started. Welcome back to the Zico Health Show. I'm really glad you guys are joining me today because this is a very special episode. I have certified health coach Ilana Loberini. We're going to talk about gut health and its impact on your overall health and guess what? Even weight loss. Ilana grew up with a few health issues and she's parlayed what she's learned from her education and traveling around the world into a career of helping others. So hang on to the edge of your seats and get ready for this one. Now, before I get into the episode, I have to stop and tell everyone, thank you, because you guys are truly amazing. When I released my first episode, I was thinking maybe, what, a couple hundred downloads, some family, some friends, and I hit over a thousand. I released my second episode about three days ago, and as, as I'm recording this, I'm already at 400 downloads. So thank you guys so much because you are truly amazing. Now I have to stop and give a special shout out to Royal underscore Sheba 86 from Instagram because she spent the time to send me this message. Great information. I love how you give a little inside story about your own workout journey and mindset. I also learned some tips for myself because I have a habit of focusing on more than one area at a time that can really put my mind all over the place. I think it's just a habit of mine and when I get excited about new improvements. However, I will be taking your advice going forward. Good podcast. Wow. Thank you again, Royal underscore Shabba 86, for leaving this comment. It means so much to me and it really touches me. And I urge anyone that gets good content out of my episodes, rate my show and leave me a comment because it really reminds me of why I do this. Now with that being said, let's get this started. Well, welcome back to the Zico Health Show. This is weight management expert Narado Zico Powell. I am extremely excited for this episode. Not only do I have my first guest, but I could not have a better first guest than Ilana Labarini. This woman is amazing. She struggled with health issues growing up. She's gotten, she's a certified health coach and she primarily focuses on gut health. And we know the importance of gut health when it comes to health, weight loss, and fitness. So thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much for inviting me to be your first guest. I'm so excited. Trust me, I am too. I'm really glad we're able to do this. So let's start off by uh, tell me about yourself. Well, I, as you mentioned, I am a certified integrative health and nutrition coach with a little bit of a background in psychology and counseling. But in addition to health coaching, I have also started a cooking show called Candida Kitchen, which is a cooking show designed specifically for people with restricted diets and gut issues and sugar issues. And the reason that I got to that point was because actually my background is in performing arts. I'm also a singer and an actress. 
and I uh, love being on stage and in front of the camera and talking to people. So it felt very comfortable, natural for me to be there. And uh, I've also lived around the world. I have spent the last 15 years in New York, Thailand, and Japan. And I'm now back in my hometown of Orlando. Oh, that's great. I, uh, I need to catch one of, your, one of your performances one of these days, by the way. <laughs> <But> yes. <laughs> that's awesome. So tell me a little bit about um, your childhood. What um, illnesses did you have as a child? So I had mysterious illnesses as a kid. Uh, the, the symptoms were always different. Nothing was uh, chronic. I, I just knew that I was chronically sick and I was chronically fatigued. And I was run around to different doctors growing up. Uh, and then in mid, uh, sorry, high school, I missed so much school, I almost didn't graduate because I was just so sick. And uh, I did eventually go to a functional MD. And his diagnosis was also pretty vague. He diagnosed me with chronic fatigue, of course, and Epstein-Barr virus. But... In recent years, I finally got a diagnosis, which we'll get into a little bit later, um, as I had found out that I'd gotten sick with H. pylori, but I also discovered that I had candida, and I'm pretty certain that I had candida since I was a child, and candida is responsible for my childhood illness. Oh, interesting, interesting. So then, was there any, like, one particular thing that caused you to 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 really start to make changes in your life, essentially? Yes. So after I moved to Japan, I immediately got very sick. And I'd never been sick like this before. My skin was horrible. My hormones were out of whack. My weight was fluctuating. And my digestive system was a mess. I was having severe nausea, stomach pain and vomiting regularly and I thought that I was dying <laughs> and I living overseas couldn't really get the proper help from doctors over there and so I had to start doing a lot of my own self-study and I started working with nutritionists and dietitians which I had never done before and it was actually through them uh, that they opened my eyes to a different kind of world of healing the body and also different kinds of tests and uh, taking stool tests and breath tests and different kinds of tests that existed for stomach illnesses. And once I got my diagnosis, everything changed. And I learned that a lot of the symptoms that I had been suffering from were actually being triggered by the foods that I was eating. And I didn't realize that. I never could understand why one day I'd be perfectly fine and then a few hours later I would be extremely ill. And it was then that I had learned about the diet and health connection and it put me on a trajectory to the path that I'm on now. How interesting. So with all that happened, was there any uh, one thing that kind of shocked you, that stood out to you? A lot. <laughs> uh, in my studies, especially kind of reaffirming the things that I had 
been studying on my own uh, and by studies, meaning when I got my certification, how we all have a very unique microbiome and the foods that we can tolerate and the diseases that we're susceptible to are very much linked to our genetics, actually. And how I came to this conclusion and observation firsthand was living abroad. And how I noticed that foreign people, including myself, would eat the local diet and we would get fat and sick. Meanwhile, the Japanese would be healthy and incredibly slim. I mean, the, the percentage of Japanese who are overweight is only 3.6% of the Japanese population have a BMI over 30, which is considered obese versus 32% in America. Absolutely crazy. So I couldn't understand why us foreign people were getting fat and sick when we're eating what everybody else is eating. And I, I then read a book about called the China study, uh, which examined the, the health and longevity of the Chinese population and their diet compared to American diet. And it really comes down to how our uh, very distinct cultures and ethnicities have lived on a specific kind of diet for hundreds and thousands of years. So they have adapted to being able to digest and tolerate certain kinds of foods. And you'll actually see a lot of foreign people who move to America, they adopt the American diet and become fat and sick. So you can see the correlation there. And it also has to do with the blood type. Our blood types are also connected to our lineage and the diets that our ancestors uh, grew up eating for hundreds and thousands of years. Oh, I definitely agree. And I, I like the, the fact that you brought up ancestral background because uh, me being a nutrition specialist, whenever I meet someone, one of the first things they ask me is, can you put me on a diet? Can you put me on a diet? Because we often have that mindset of, I just need to be on a diet and I'll lose weight, or I just need to be on a diet and I'll become healthy. But there's a lot more to it. For example, I was born and raised in Jamaica. The way my body breaks down food is different than someone that may have a European background. Um, and also, too, our lifestyles make a big difference. I've always asked, um, whenever I do an assessment, one of the questions I like to ask is, what's one of the differences that you see with, in the, with cultures, people who are slimmer versus those who are overweight? And they never quite get it. And I always say, well, they move more. They walk more. You know, their lifestyles are more active. We have a, a, a habit here of trying to find a, we drive around a, um, a parking lot to find the closest parking space. That takes more time instead of taking a few extra steps. Or it just seems something simple as taking the stairs instead of the elevator can make a huge difference for us. So I really love the fact that you're, you're bringing up the ancestral, but not just the ancestral, but your lifestyle change. Those two together can make a huge difference. Because it's not about calories in versus calories out, which does have its place. But you may often have to fix your metabolism and also fix what your body is digesting. Because you're not, I always say, you're not just what you eat, but you are what you ingest and digest. And that can be different for each person. Absolutely. Couldn't agree more. And people with uh, type O blood, they have stronger stomach acid. So they're able to tolerate more meat. 
versus type A, B, A, B, who can do dairy very well, um, vegetarian diets very well. So keeping that sort of thing in mind that your body, you know, if, if you're type O and you don't really make that connection, if you decide to go vegetarian, uh, you can actually have some serious health problems. I totally agree. And another thing that we seem to be miss, we miss out on a lot, who is the diversity of our microbiome. Yeah. Because then we, 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 we look at a certain diet like keto or paleo and we say, oh, these are great. My friend and so-and-so lost weight on it. I'm going to jump on this diet. Not knowing your blood type, not knowing your ancestral background, not realizing that your body may not be designed to break down those foods properly. I've talked to doctors that have had clients, not clients, but more like patients that end up on renal failure because their kidneys are not strong enough to handle that much protein. So these are things that we need to be pay very close attention to. And I always say in my shows, especially if you have underlying health issues, to speak to a certified or a licensed professional. Because that's especially if you have underlying health issues, because you need somebody that can look at your blood and find out what's going on and make the correct adjustment. So I'm really glad you're bringing up some really good points. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and and when you aren't able to digest food properly you actually can become nutrient deficient and your body can start actually having adverse reaction where you think that you're eating a lot, but because you're not absorbing the nutrients properly, you're actually going to be craving more food. You're going to start eating more. And that can be very confusing to someone who's trying to be on a diet because you think that you're following this plan and you're eating a lot, but why are you suddenly still hungry? Why are you eating all the time? It's because you're not absorbing the nutrients properly. And that's a connection that you wouldn't be able to make uh, without a licensed professional being involved. I totally agree. You're bringing up some really good points. Guys, if you're not listening, pay close attention because she's giving you gold right now. <laughs> <laughs> so let's get to my favorite topic. Tell me about La Candida Kitchen because I absolutely love your cooking show. I wish I could cook as much as I want. But you've, I've already learned a lot just by watching your show. So give us a breakdown of, of your show. Okay. So as I had explained, it's a cooking show designed for people with restricted diets, specifically a sugar-free diet. Because if you're not aware and you have chronic illness and you haven't been assessed, uh, sugar causes an enormous amount of problems for the body. It, it's linked to inflammation. And inflammation is a natural process of the body. It, it's necessary for if you are sick, if there's a bacteria or a virus, or if you have an injury, inflammation is necessary. But if you're triggering inflammation in your body based on your food, your body starts attacking itself. And that's when you can start triggering autoimmune disorders. Uh, this is when you start having skin conditions, which is an autoimmune thing. Even things like asthma and allergies these are signs of inflammation, and it's so important to bring a, awareness to this because, you know, you keep going to the dermatologist for your eczema when the issue is actually your gut. You keep going and refilling your inhaler for your asthma when actually it can be helped by changing your diet, reducing the inflammatory response in your body. So this show... Um, it really started because when I was really, really sick, I was living in Japan. And 
the food that I had access to over there was not conducive to the diet that I needed to be on. I just didn't like produce is extremely expensive. They only sell one type of apple. Uh, the f- tons of other fruits that I couldn't eat. Everything has sugar in it. It was just impossible and it was horrible. And that meant that I couldn't go out to eat with my friends. Um, it, it was a very, very difficult time for me. And so because of this, I had to start learning how to make my own food an anti-inflammatory diet. And I had to use the foods that were available to me. And so I started learning how to make like really amazing soups and curries and like really amazing uh, Asian cuisine because I had access to the Asian cuisine, but I was making it in my own gluten-free, sugar-free, low glycemic method. And then, of course, I'm a huge chocoholic. Like I need chocolate in my life. And since candy was obviously out, I could at least make my own chocolate and learn how to make my own desserts and cakes. So this is how I spent years living in Japan. And so when I moved back to America and I got my health coaching certification, I immediately thought this, people need this. People don't realize, especially in America, because you have access to everything and you're very sheltered, that you know even the, these gluten-free foods that are on the market and these sugar-free foods that are on the market, they're actually not usually that good for you if you actually stop and read the labels. Just because it's gluten-free doesn't mean it's anti-inflammatory. It can be filled with uh, potato starch, for example, and potato starch is very high glycemic. So at Candida Kitchen, I talk about reading labels and um, just learning how to, because look, I'm a lazy cook. I am super lazy. I am not top chef here trying to make these meals that have 20 ingredients that you have to import from overseas, okay? This is like really lazy simple stuff. So you can look in your kitchen cabinets and see what you have there and put these things together. And so I'm just making you aware of what the possibilities are. And again, because everybody is on a specific, they have their own dietary needs. Some people are sensitive to honey. Some people are sensitive to um, sugar alcohols. You know, I'm giving you the opportunity to customize these foods using the sweeteners, and the, you know, the dairy, whatever that works specifically for you. So it was a very long answer to your question. <laughs> and that's perfectly fine. Cause I'm telling you, I absolutely love your show. Every time you, you post something on Instagram, I, I take some time to go back and watch it, put it up on YouTube. Cause your show is really amazing. And anybody that's not, hasn't watched your show, I recommend that you do, especially if you're um, interested in, in eating healthier and finding healthier alternatives and improving your gut health, that's a really, really good show to watch. So what are some of your, and I know you're a chocolate fan, and I know you do, you know, and I, I watch your episode on Valentine's Day. I love that. <laughs> I want to say about Valentine's Day and not, you know, having high sugary Valentine's candy. And I absolutely think that was amazing. What are some of your favorite healthy foods? Oh, gosh. Um, so... I am actually a huge fan of consuming fats, which may be weird for some people to hear one say, but I know for myself that I need fat in my diet to really have a stable blood sugar level and to feel full and feel satisfied. 
And so I, I notice if I've eaten a meal and short time later, I'm still hungry. It's probably because I didn't have enough fats. So I, I really gravitate towards anything nuts or nut butter. So if I have like a protein and veggie meal, which I often do, um, I'll throw in like a handful of nuts. I'll snack on apple, green apple with almond butter, peanut butter. And of course, my number one favorite healthy food is chocolate with peanut butter. I make my own little peanut butter cups, which I knew you were going, I knew you were going there, but (laughs) yeah. And people really are afraid of fat and they, they limit their fat intake. And again, this is something that's really unique to you, to your individual body's needs, uh, because some people don't need a lot of fat to feel satisfied. Maybe a lot of people can't digest fats very well. It, it, It really depends. But for me personally, Consuming a lot of fats is really good for me, and I stay really slim and fit um, eating this way. And so I say, more nut butter, the better. See, what am I saying with fats is, you know how we think of we eat fat, you're going to get fat. That's kind of like saying if you eat blueberries, you're going to turn blue. (laughs) (laughs) So, so yes, it is unique to the individual. And I, you generally say that when you're beginning your journey and you're changing your diet. Don't jump into a high-fat diet because there can be other issues that can come along with that. So you want to be very mindful of that. But I also ascribe to a high-fat diet, and I've been doing it for years, and it works great for me. But to each his own, and it, comes, it can come down to, again, your blood type, your ancestral background, your level of activity, the health of your metabolism. There's so many things that goes into the type of diet that you need to eat on a daily basis. But I definitely do agree. Okay, so... When you're on vacation, how do you approach your diet? This is an interesting one because I actually still struggle with this a little bit. Mm. I think it really depends on where you are in your diet. I'll speak for myself first because I do have to maintain a strict diet because of my health condition. If I do stray and eat French fries or candy or something, like I can actually get very sick. So I have to maintain my diet. Um, pretty well when I'm traveling. And so I follow the 80-20 rule. Of course, when you travel, the p- one of the best parts about traveling and exploring a new culture is eating their local food. So I would never tell anybody to not eat that stuff because you will be very, very sad. <laughs> and if you are someone who is on a sensitive, uh, restricted diet like myself, I do try these foods by just having one or two bites. And that's really satisfying for me. And there are some foods that maybe um, I I allow myself to have a little bit more of, uh, because I know it's not necessarily going to make me sick. So like, I'll, I'll indulge in pizza, or something like really cheesy here and there. So I, I certainly allow myself to enjoy the foods that are available in that location. If If I'm feeling really nervous about the foods that are going to be available for me, I take extra steps. And I even do this here in America, is that if I'm going to a specific restaurant and they have a a menu online, I'll research the restaurant ahead of time and I'll see what kinds of meals that are available. And that way I can either look at the ingredients that are listed or be prepared with questions to give the waiter when we arrive at the restaurant. Because I I might say like, hey, so this curry looks awesome. Do you put sugar in that? 
or you know this meat dish what is it served with is it served with potatoes oh, okay can't have the potatoes so at least i know in advance what my options are and then i can ask the right questions but again for anybody who is just trying to watch their weight or whatever just enjoy yourself you know unless you're traveling every month i think allowing yourself to let go a little bit is absolutely fine and abiding by the 80/20 rule is always a safe and easy bet cuz you don't want to feel deprived i agree and i think we oftentimes get so caught up in if we're trying to lose weight or we're trying to become healthy we have to eat this particular way for the rest of our lives and a week later you're like no i'm not, i can't do this so we often get caught up in that so i like i like your approach of the 80/20 rule I tend to veer toward that as well. Even if like um, I'm watching a, a football game with my friends, I try to be selective around what I eat, even though it may not be the healthiest thing, but it's closer to how I'm supposed to eat. So mm-hmm. I, I, really, I really like that approach. I think that's pretty awesome. Let me ask you one question. Yeah. What, well, should I say another question? What's one thing that you stay away from completely? Of course, sugars, of course. You try to go low sugars, of Oh, of course, but one food that you absolutely stay away from. White potatoes. Yeah. Gets me every time. <laughs> that's actually one of mine. So <laughs> that's actually one of mine. Um, I, I don't really eat fries. I don't like fried food. And if I decide to one day eat fries, I usually go for sweet potato fries, which I think mm. are actually delicious anyway. Mm. But yeah, I, absolutely. Because... White potato, white foods in general is so high on the glycemic index and it can spike your blood sugar. And a lot of times we don't realize that the, the reason why we struggle to lose weight is because our insulin, sensitive, insulin is not staying constant. We spike it, we drop it. We spike it, we drop it, and we give them the wrong reads to our body. So, mm-hmm. yes, I definitely agree when it comes to that. What are your non-negotiables? Okay. Um, sleep, exercise. And journaling slash meditation, non-negotiables. Uh, a lot of people will say sleep is overrated and you can sleep when you're dead. But I'm telling you that lack of sleep will just bring you an early death. <laughs> um, I mean, there are absolutely studies that show how sleep deprivation severely affects your health and your brain function and can lead to all kinds of heart problems um, because it's related to stress and your cortisol levels and effect, you know, it can lead to Alzheimer's, uh, you know, uh, early onset on Alzheimer's by not getting enough sleep. So I, I just, I'm the nap queen. I am the self-proclaimed nap queen. I am not ashamed of it. I take a nap almost every day, just 20 minutes, 30 minutes. And I feel amazing. It's funny you say that because when I talk to my friends and I, I do nap from time to time, not every day like you, but I do take a nap from time to time. And when my when I take a nap, it's about 15, 20 minutes. And my friends will say, how do you, how do, that's not a, how do you do that? I'm like, that's a nap. How long do you nap? Two, three hours. Yeah. That's going to sleep. <laughs> that's yeah. not a nap. So, so, so I never quite understood that, but you know, to each his own, to each his own, I guess. Um, but... <laughs> And sleep. And this is a shameless plug, guys. If you haven't read my article on getting quality sleep, please go to ZikaHealth.com. 
and read the uh, read that article. It can really change your life because for years I used to struggle with getting quality sleep. And I'd say it's quality sleep. I don't mean going to sleep and waking up. I would get up every day exhausted, feel like I got my butt kicked the night before. So I spent years reading different books, um, working with different specialists, and then figuring out these tips that really work. Because I definitely agree. If you're going to say you're going to sleep when you're dead by not getting enough sleep, you might be pushing yourself closer to dead a little bit quicker than you, than you want to. So, <laughs> so I don't know about you, but I want to stay alive. So yeah. I definitely say <laughs> getting quality sleep is definitely important, and we need to pay way more attention to that. I posted something on Instagram. Um, it was a few weeks ago. And I asked, I put a few habits up there, hydration, nutrition, sleep, and so on and so forth. And I asked, which habit do you think is the most essential when it comes to your health? And I think out of 100 answers, three or four people said sleep. Oh, my gosh. And those are people who are sleep deprived. And they say, yeah, I know it's definitely um, sleep because I'm sleep deprived and I feel the difference. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. And and that's a that's a problem too because people aren't aware of that and weight loss. I mean, it's related to your sleep as well. If your cortisol is spiking because you're not sleeping enough, you're you're keeping the weight on. So if you're someone who's trying to lose weight, you really ought to look at your your sleep level quality. I agree. Though, do you have any um? have like nightly habits that helps you to unwind so you can go to sleep well? Yeah. So I, I'm really big on lighting. I have a really beautiful, relaxing lamp that I turn on, um, you know, basically as soon as I get in my room at night and it, it's one of those like incense lamps. It has like a wax on top. I, I don't know. I bought it at a garage sale and I love it. <laughs> so right now the scent that's in it is lavender. So it just fills the room and it's so relaxing. And I journal before bed most of the time. And that it just helps me review my day. It helps me look at the day ahead. I write positive affirmations. And if I still have a little bit of energy, I'll read one of the five books that are sitting next to my next to my bed depending on my mood so that's that's usually the um the flow of the evening that's i actually love that i love the fact that you journal as well because we don't spend enough time reflecting because the human mind we tend to focus on the negatives even as somebody like myself who trains a lot work out a lot and I may look at, okay, I don't my legs and I look the way I want or my arms or whatever the case may be, instead of focusing, focusing on the positive. So stopping, reflecting, and journaling relaxes your mind and it trains you to think about the positives along your journey. So I think I, think I really love that. I think that's, that's amazing. Yeah, a lot of my health coaching practice is very focused on mindset because our mind, I mean, we are in control of everything in our lives, every thought. I think is it Gandhi that says um, we are all that we have thought. So any of these tapes that play in our heads, any negative thing at all, um, I'm not good enough to do that. Oh, I don't have enough time in the day. I'm not strong enough. Oh, I hate my job. All of these just random little tidbit thoughts, they change the shape of our brain. And we don't realize that we are caught in this really negative loop 
and it gives us a negative outlook on life. And journaling and writing affirmations um, is absolutely clinically proven to undo those tapes and rewrite your story. And this is a habit that I started to develop about two years ago, and it changed my life. And I noticed that if I ever fall out of habit with journaling, that I, I, the reason I notice I fall out of habit is because I start noticing my mindset is not good. I find myself in negative loops and I'm like, wait a minute, when's the last time I journaled? Oh my God, it's been like a week. Oh my God. And, and, and I pick it up and it takes a long time. I mean, this is not something that you just do for a few days and then stop. This is a habit that it needs to be long-term. I totally agree. And when it comes to our health, for example, we have, you know, 2021 rolls around and January 1st, January 2nd, I see a bunch of, you know, posts saying, we're going to throw the trash of 2020 behind us. We're going to start over. We're going to, you know, achieve our goals. But then a few months, a month or two later, we're right back where we were before. And a lot of that starts with mindset and mindset can be for many things. If you don't, for one, we don't know our why. We don't know our true reasons why we're doing what we're doing. And journaling or meditating brings your mind back around that consistently. Whenever, like you said, a week may go by and you feel a little bit off. But when you reshape your, your, your thought process, you're back on track and you're focused. So connecting with yourself, focusing on the positives can change the way you think about things where eventually it would happen subconsciously where you see something and you don't react to it the way that you thought. And then eventually you may realize that I'm changing my behavior. You also can help you to enjoy your fitness journey, enjoy what you eat, enjoy what you're doing. I call it taking the scenic route. It's like Mm -hmm. driving to the beach, right? And even though you want to get to the beach, you see see the the lakes and you 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 see the ocean and it's so beautiful as you're approaching and you're enjoying the journey itself or you're going to the countryside. And that's how reshaping your mind can make a huge difference for you. So I really love your approach. I love that scenic route metaphor. That's beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. So Ilana has given us a lot of great information, guys. I hope you really stuck through and listened to what she has told us because these are these what she's told is just it's just the tip of the iceberg of what this lady knows. And but tell us more about how we can get in touch with you, how can we um, solicit your services? Yes, thank you so much. So there are a few ways to contact me. Firstly, you can find me on social media at Ilana Integrative Health on Facebook or Instagram. And of course, they can find me because I'm connected to you and we share each other's posts sometimes. So that's Ilana Integrative Health. And let me spell my name. It's I L A N A. <laughs> and my website is ilanahealth.com. And of course, my cooking show can be found at candidakitchen.com. So send me a message on any social media site or send me an email through my website. Uh, my, my email address directly is ilana at ilanahealth.com as well. That's Awesome. And I will put her contact information in the show notes and in the description of this, uh, of this um, interview as well. Ilana, you're amazing. I knew you were amazing before, and I've even <laughs> learned something just by talking to you today. So thank you, and I hope to have you on the show in the future again. Thanks for listening to the Zico Health Show. If you got good quality content out of this episode, 
save subscribe and share it out there with family friends co-workers or anybody who needs to hear this information remember always take the scenic route and enjoy the ride